San Francisco 49ers uh, doing a number on the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10. How did that happen? Trent Williams impactful return, getting pressure up front, getting back to that 49er football, the complimentary version we saw in the early part of the season. And Brock Purdy now among the league leaders in numerous categories. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new 24 hour Locked On Sports Today channel on YouTube and uh, we'll give you more info in the in the very near future about where else to find that stream and 24-hour channel of Locked On football shows and uh, Locked On everything, 24 hours a day. Big things happen here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Super excited for that. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections, Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Croc, I wanted to start with Brock Purdy, but first I have to ask you a question about your own playing career. You are a former defensive back. Um, I know football guys are you know big and tough, and uh, they like to talk a big game. They like to let people know how awesome they are after they make a play, let you know if you're little and like you're little, I'm big. Uh, I love hearing your story actually about seven year olds playing basketball. Talk Did you read that? Dude, that was hilarious. That, that was fantastic. I don't, and this is not part of the question, by the yeah. way, for anybody listening, but my daughter, she's playing basketball and it's kind of like this developmental league for like seven year olds. And it's, it's awesome. You see them run around and, and they're figuring out how to play. And, you know, sometimes they'll travel and, you know, all that stuff. Well, some kids are a little bit more advanced and one kid, He's like hit a jumper in my daughter's face. Then he did the like you're too little symbol. And oh man, I I don't I don't say anything at these games. I usually kind of sit there and every once in a while I'll say an encouraging word. But that had me hot. My wife, she sees me filming, she's like, you gotta go say something to her. So I went over, I walked onto the court and during a break, went to my daughter and I whispered to her, I don't care if you score another point, I do not care. That boy right there, the one with the white long sleeve on, he does not score. You do not let him score by any means. You run, you hustle, you grind. If you foul him, I don't care. He does not score. And he scored one more basket when she wasn't on him. But anytime he got the ball, I'll go get him, stop him. And she played tremendous defense. So I was really proud of Pickle uh, with, with how she picked up the intensity. And no points, no more points. Heck yeah. Way to go, Pickle. Not backing down. And where I was going with this question, Croc, is in your playing career, did you ever run away from a blocker? Seeing Big 71 Trent Williams out in front on a Christian McCaffrey run. And I don't know if I've ever seen it. I think it was at number 31 on, um, I'm blanking on who that was on the uh, Jaguars defense. Dude literally just turned his back to Trent and I don't know where he was going, what technique he was trying to use to try to make a play. He didn't even dive at his, at his legs and try to make him turn the run back inside or anything. He retreated, and I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. That would have been a time when Trent Williams would 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 be um, uh, very it would be very apt for him to give the "you're too little" sign after that block because that guy didn't want any part of Big Trent coming. I can't blame him. I wouldn't want any part of Big Trent 
have you ever done that and and shown a blocker your the back numbers and and retreated from him during a football game, Croc? And would that get you benched in the film room? Because I imagine that would be something that is going to be that is currently being replayed in Jacksonville numerous times on the film board. You know, the, the one thing about playing football at a high level, co- collegiate, NFL, or any league, they understand what's on the other side. Like, every, the people in that building understand what that feels like to have to take a guy like Trent Williams head on. So they might not be as hard. The coach, he's going to have to coach. He's got to tell him, hey, I don't care. I need you to do this. You have to execute. Now, I definitely wanted to t- touch on this, and I kind of put a tweet out about it, but it was different when I was playing. When I was playing – when the offensive lineman was pulling like that, you could what we call wrong shoulder him. So you kind of come from the outside in, basically dive into his legs to kind of chop him down, and it forces the run back inside, right? Well, now that's a flag. You, you can't do that anymore. So, no, I never ran away from an offensive lineman. I typically would just go and try to cut him down. But if I played in today's day and age, I can't say that I would not have done the same thing as number 31 because – I'm not taking Trent Williams on head on. Like I, I'm not. Like that's that is <laughs> that's out. That's all the way out. Like he's too fast. He had a head like a full head uh, start. Like there's no way you get him pulling, moving in that, that direction. And I've had to take on some offensive linemen that could move well and could move well in space. They were not Trent Williams. Like they were not. You know whatever he is. I don't even know how big he is, but. He looks like he's about 340, like 6'5", 340, if I had to just guess off the top of my head. And he's the mo- like one of the most athletic guys in the NFL. So it, have I ever ran away from a pulling tackle or guard? No. Would I have ran away from Trent Williams? I can't say that I would not have. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell there's some sort of calculus going on in that DB's head, too. He's like, okay, well, what are, what am I going to do here to thwart this block? And he, he, he ended up just turning his back to him and then he's but his momentum was taking him away i don't know if he's going to try to uh hit him with his back i don't know what he was going to try to do but it, it was not effective whatever it was uh, i just thought that was hilarious and, and clearly he, he, for a number of reasons not just that one play trent williams had a huge impact and uh the 49ers loved having him back on the field yeah business decision that's what we call that but uh you don't want to make a business decision and just look really bad on film because uh, people will talk about it, but the, the guys, they'll understand. <laughs> yeah. We've got some understanding teammates, but they got, I mean, you can't be, and uh, our question was answered uh, in a lot of places. Real quick, real quick. My bad. You can't do that though. Like you can't do that. Like they will say something. I'm just saying I understand. And I probably would have, you know, but back in my day again, you could cut a guy down. So I would have cut, that would have been my initial instinct to come outside in and chop him down. He landed on me. I would have felt that, but still not the same as just running into him and just letting him bulldoze you. Like, that's crazy. And it was crazy when the NFL put that rule in. I'm like, what are they trying to do to these little guys? <laughs> Having 350, 350. And I wasn't even like little. I was 200 pounds. And even then, I did not want to take on a 320-pound pulling offensive lineman. So my, my bad. I know I cut you off. No, it's all, it's all good. I don't know it's not going to end well for you in that situation anyway. So what would you do? You're just going to, you're not going to go head on with them. You know, you're, um, you just dive at the ground, let them trip over you or something. I don't know. I, I don't even know what you will even try to do there. If, if you're not going to, or you, most of these, most of the time what happens is you just try to run around them and you get run out of the play anyway. So 
which maybe uh, is what he would tell you he was trying yeah, to do. Correct. Maybe he was trying to find a path to run around him, and there yeah. was no path. Find a way around Big Trent, seventy-one. Uh, huge impact for Trent Williams in this game, and um, that was fun to watch. Uh, next, Croc, I want to get into some of the Brock Purdy stuff here because Brock Purdy obviously had a, had a really good football game. Um, he is he had a number of really good throws, and statistically now top of the league in tons of stats, QBR, quarterback rating, and a whole lot more. So let's get into Brock Purdy, what we thought of his performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10 next. Today's episode of Locked Up 49ers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, during an emergency. Jace Medical handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care and something uh that that i didn't realize before is that now you can get a one-year supply of ed medications as well at jace medical not just life-saving antibiotics uh with your jace case at jacemedical.com generics for cialis viagra and this is possible because jace medical you go online right now and they have you covered with all of those things you need up to a 12-month supply of any daily medication you or your loved ones might need and maybe whether it's uh uh it is supply chain issues or natural disasters or you're just traveling and you need that peace of mind to know that you have access to the medication you might need for your specific needs and all you have to do is use code locked on at checkout for a discount as well and verified customers had this to say about jace quote i'm thankful for this service supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are low and local pharmacies, uh, prices are lower than local pharmacies. And I highly recommend this for everyone. End quote. That is one verified customer about Jace. So if you or someone you love needs some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com. See if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Again, that is jacemedical.com, J A S E medical.com. Use code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Brock Purdy, big time numbers for Brock Purdy, Brock. Uh, we're talking about uh, number one in the league in QBR now after 10 weeks, number one in passer rating after 10 weeks. Uh, we've got a uh, uh yards per yards per uh yards per attempt hold on let me find out there, there's too many now and i've got them all listed yeah. for, for rock yeah. yards per attempt right is that what it is? yeah uh yards per attempt through 10 weeks how about this though obviously you know whether it's epa per play uh a number of efficiency stats there's other offensive factors baked in right like how good your player color is how good your offensive playmakers are helping you do these things right uh, but it's really fascinating that Brock Purdy, 9.3 yards per attempt right now through 10 weeks in the NFL, number one in the league. Who's two and three? Tua is number two, 8.6. Number three is C.J. Stroud, rookie C.J. Stroud, 8.3. And who are the offensive coordinators, right? It's Kyle Shanahan and his last two number ones as far as uh, who's behind him with uh, with his coordinating the San Francisco 49ers offense in Mike McDaniel and Bobby Slowick. So, um, the, the Shanahan tree is strong and the Shanahan tree is efficient right now all around the NFL. What are they doing differently to dial up some of these 
plays with guys in space the way that they are. Because even when we watch Brock, right, we're talking about him being number one in a lot of categories. And watching him play, does it not look easy for him? Like, and I'm not saying that the game is easy. Like, the NFL is hard. But is Kyle doing something to simplify it for his quarterbacks, which some get it, some don't, right? Like, we watched other quarterbacks in this offense. They were not operating at the level of Brock Purdy. But it almost feels s- simple, and I've heard Steve Young kind of talk about this, where he's like, if there's any offense I would want to play in in this day and age, it would be Kyle Shanahan. All the answers are there. He, you know, is this and that and the spacing and the way it works in sync. Like, I just love this offense. And he's like, man, I'd be like amazing in this offense. And you watch Brock Purdy. And I don't, it doesn't look like, and this is going to come up. I know people are going to be like, crack your hating. I'm not hating. I'm just telling you, when I watch him, it doesn't look like, uh, like super high level difficulty is just over and over nine times out of 10 making the right uh, decision. And then on the one time out of 10 where either he doesn't make the right decision or is not there, he like buys time, makes a play, then he throws the ball to the right spot. Like he's continuing to do this. And I think that's why we see such a high level uh, of efficiency there, but it's so, it's so weird to watch because, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter and they were, they were talking about, uh, you know, oh man, he's elite. And when I watch him, it's like I don't see an elite quarterback, but he's definitely giving us elite like results. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so odd. Like the oddest thing. And this isn't because he's a seventh round pick or anything like that, but just just watching him, I don't see like who. How do you stop Brock Purdy? Like you got a game plan for him, but maybe that is how people have to start looking at it because he's doing something to this extent that is is pretty dang remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it's you. You have to game plan for the offense, not necessarily Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy's done such an amazing job. The thing he's done at elite level is putting the ball where it needs to be. Uh, you know, especially in the intermediate area of the field, just unbelievable. He's you know near seventy percent, sixty eight point eight percent passing so far on the year. Uh, mentioned the nine point three yards per attempt, which is one in the league. One oh nine point nine passer rating. That's a huge passer rating. He's one of six quarterbacks right now. Um, that are uh, above 100 in passer rating in the NFL. Um, he's he's so calm. He's got the guts to make throws in tight windows, to throw with anticipation, trusting his guys are going to be there. We saw the play where he rolled out and threw a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, and Kyle Shanahan said it was his worst play of the game. And uh, But he threw a touchdown on it. And you know maybe it's ill-advised to throw back across the field, but guess what? He put it where only his guy could get it, and it wasn't by very much. And you don't want to attempt passes like that a lot, but he made the play happen. And he, per- it's it's not like it was an accident, you know. It wasn't like it was like, oh man, that was an interception, got batted into the hands of Brandon Ayuk. No, he he his his guy is the guy that was able to make that play because of where he put it. So, um, it, but there's you can't ignore that there is other things happening in the offense, and and it's as witnessed by Tua and C.J. Stroud, and I, I would say for all three of those quarterbacks, things are looking almost too easy, and so something is happening in the offense that allows that to happen there are answers for these quarterbacks um and they've all coached together so it can't be that much of a coincidence um but also these quarterbacks are doing things on their own at a high level and you're you've seen other quarterbacks in the systems and in other coaching uh, or other branches of that coaching tree not make it look that easy so you have to credit the quarterbacks for what they're doing as well i'd say if you if you break down 
you know, what you would want your quarterback to do or be in an offense to its simplest form, right? Like just be accurate, play on time, make make the right reads and, and throws that are theirs. Like he's doing those things. So I, I guess if you're doing all those things and you're doing that at a high level, maybe you are an elite quarterback. But I think how we've been conditioned to think about what an elite quarterback looks like, you don't see that from Brock just in the sense of maybe it's the lack of size or just some of the throws that he has or doesn't have to make. Uh, and I think that's the part that I'm – it's almost like uh, reconditioning everything that you thought you knew about something before. Like, you know, it could be with me with, you know, weight training, weightlifting and, and trying to, like, pack on – add on muscle, right? We're, we're so conditioned to think, like, oh, man, you want to get cut up and ripped up and, and you want to lose weight and, you know, lift weights. And then I learned, like, no, man, if you want to really pack on muscle, you have to eat more, <laughs> like, way more than you've eaten before. Try to eat a little leaner, but some people do it in a dirty bulk. Lift really heavy and then you'll pack on weight then try to cut back from there. And I'm kind of in the, that process right now. I'm like, man, this is different because it feels wrong. And I think that's kind of like why watching Brock play quarterback where it's different than what we've been told through social media, what the quarterback is supposed to look like. Uh, and if you break it down to the simplest form again, like he's doing those things at the highest level. So uh, maybe Brock Purdy is lead. <laughs> it, yeah. And uh, it, it's just fun to watch because of how often the ball is put accurately. You see the ball go in the air. You're like, man, where's that throw going? And you're going, oh, it's going to the perfect spot on the on the, the throw to uh, Ayuk, right? It's crossing the, the going to the uh, the right sideline. And he just puts it right in that perfect spot. Perfect uh, trajectory, layered throws. And um, it's really fun to watch. And it's really fun to watch with the 49ers offense because they have so many different players that can do so many different things. You see him spread around. And the guy that's you know been record setting for how um, – uh, how many touchdowns he scored for the 49ers doesn't score, but everybody else on the offense does. And that's what the 49ers can do to you. And it helps that, uh, and I think we're seeing this a little bit with the Texans who are playing in front of the sticks, maybe a little bit more than people expected. Definitely seen it with the Dolphins and probably no more team doing it than the Niners, especially in all of their wins, is the complimentary way that they play. Uh, third and manageable situations and running the football well and uh, playing that complimentary brand of football. And and that's one of the things the 49ers got back to in this game. You have the lead, and then you can do a lot and do what you want rather than when the 49ers got behind, maybe pressing a little bit, and it starts to make everything else a little bit more difficult for you. So so that's the one thing, right? And again, we're, we're watching him. We're seeing him do all these things at an extremely high level. We do have to kind of go back to those moments where now we kind of need you to be the guy, and we've seen turnovers and him, the 49ers, not come out on top, right? So when it is a less than ideal situation, and maybe that's the last thing for him to be more of an elite quarterback, like, can you, that guy that we saw Sunday, because you and I have said, you know, Brock doesn't look much different than what we've seen before. Like during the losing streak, a lot of people were like down on him and oh, he's doing it. We're like, why are you guys tripping like this? It looks the same outside of one or two throws, but. Yep. 98% of the rest of the game is like, that's Brock. And he's still making those anticipatory throws and, you know, hitting the all levels, et cetera. All right. Uh, but when the game is tighter and that's what we've seen from the difference between like Stroud, right? Like Stroud, I've been watching him the last few weeks in pressure packed situations, like time and time again, you have to make the throws to win the game. You got to be the reason your defense is giving up points. They're not holding opposing teams to three points in games. Like you have to do way more. 
And then it's like he just throw after throw, touchdown, touchdown, game-winning drive, put you in field goal. Like he's doing these things consistently now. And Brock, when he's had those opportunities, especially when the defense was less than ideal, I don't want to say crumbled because that's not what it felt like I was watching. But he definitely didn't deliver the way you would like to see him do in that moment. So that's the one thing that we are looking to see. Hey, it, we we said that it, it wasn't your fault you didn't play in those situations before. You know, it, it wasn't your fault that the 49ers defense was number one last year, you know, in takeaways and in defense while you were quarterback. Like, that's not your fault. You have George Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, all these guys. But in the, you know, in a situation that you don't have all that, what does the start to look like? And not taking everything away, but, hey, one, you don't got Debo. All right, your defense isn't playing exceptionally well. What does it look like then? I think we're still kind of waiting for him to answer that part of the question uh, before we say he's elite. So I'm talking through this with Peacock and with the fans, trying to see exactly, okay, what 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 are we seeing here? I think that's the one thing that he's kind of missing right now outside of the social media throws. And we're still learning, and, and we're still we're barely getting to the point where he's played a full season of football combined now uh, throughout his NFL career. So, and we'll keep learning more about Brock Purdy and uh, it's been fun to watch, man, but, but there's no uh, there's, there's definitely no glossing over the fact that this is the best quarterback play we've seen with Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. And and I think it's by a a pretty significant margin, even though you go back and Garoppolo's numbers, efficiency high in EPA per play and, uh, you know, even yards per attempt, even though he's not a guy who's throwing the ball down the field. So there's a lot of offense baked into the just the, the pure stats. Um, and uh, when everything's working together, that's when Kyle Shanahan's offense is is really clicking. And that's what we saw in this game. And the defense is a huge part of that, too. Croc, you mentioned it. Let's talk about that defense getting pressure with the front four and what that meant for the 49ers on Sunday next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins that first $5 money line bet. And then you can utilize that extra $150 in bonus bets to bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, build your own parlay, at FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, such a wide range of betting options, not only NFL football, but NBA basketball, NHL, uh, motorsports, combat sports. You can find it all at FanDuel. And right now, our listeners at FanDuel.com slash locked on can get that 150 bucks in bonus bets with that winning first $5 money line bet. So again, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get going in the second half of the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Speaking of that defense, Croc, let's get into this because uh, the numbers are pretty fascinating there as well. And um, one thing the 49ers have always done in this regime is get pressure, pressure with the front four, and it makes things easier on the back end. So I want to know what your thoughts are on the, the changeup the 49ers made on the back end with Isaiah Oliver hitting the bench, moving Demo inside, Yamador Lenore playing that nickel cornerback spot, and then Ambry Thomas, who made some plays and got his touchdown taken away from him because half the team was on the field, which uh, if that was a close game, I think that'd be a coaching point. But Kyle Shanahan was one of them, so it's hard to say, it's hard to point fingers at anybody else when your head coach is one of the guys on the field that's getting flagged, taking away this long 
defensive touchdown. The 49ers ended up driving back down the field anyway. But um, it's pretty remarkable. This game was won uh, not only because of how efficient Brock Purdy and the 49ers were, not because of all the playmakers everywhere, but, but because up front the 49ers won. And some of that is because the offensive line of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there's a reason the Jaguars uh, throw the ball so quickly, throwing so many screens that they've got some problems up front. And that's, what's going to do this team in, I think in Jacksonville after watching this game. And I already knew it in uh, Tony Wiggins of locked on Jaguars. And we were doing our crossovers like, well, the ball's going to come out quick. Cause uh, they can't, they can't protect Trevor Lawrence. And that's what we saw in this game. And Brock Purdy was only pressured on, or actually Brock Purdy was pressured quite a bit in this game. Uh, and he still made a bunch of plays. So if you want to talk about something that Brock Purdy does at an, at an elite level, here's this from Nick Wagner. Purdy was pressured on a career high 50% of his dropbacks, including that one touchdown to uh, George Kittle. There was pass rushers in his face. He was even uh, hit a little bit. You worry about the elbow. He made a beautiful throw there, got the ball out where it needed to go, but he still threw for that uh, career high 143 yards when pressured, going 8 of 12 with two touchdowns on those passes. And he has eight touchdowns and one interception when pressured in his career. So uh, pressure. Uh, there's a reason why he has uh, the, the nickname BCB. And I think one of those things is because of, of how he deals with pressure and, and how uh, and really just, I mean, how his toughness and his guts, you know, from the moment he stepped in, he, he's proven that a ton. But on the other side, Real quick, I do want to ask you one question. What are the 49ers going to do about McKivitz? I I don't draft the late first rounder in 2024. It's too late now. I mean, that's that's the starter. I mean, unless you move Jalen Moore over now that uh, because Jalen Moore looked pretty good, but Jalen Moore's played so much more left tackle than right tackle. Uh, I don't know how often he practices at right tackle. He did play some snaps a couple years ago, but I I don't know. It's been probably at least two years since I can remember seeing. Jalen Moore play at right tackle. Uh, we might see Feliciano in place of Burford at some point too. But yeah, the the right side of the offensive line is clearly clearly one of the bigger weaknesses on the team right now. Yeah, I think McKivitz is an issue for real. Like he's getting blown up. Uh, Burford has been you know super up and down. And I try not to complain too much about offensive linemen because I just know around the league, offensive linemen are aren't really good. But when you have one guy that's just getting bullied, and we saw this at times with McGlinchey, we're seeing it more so with McKivitz. It's, it's just worrisome. Now, luckily, you, you talked about an elite trader, Brock. He hangs in there uh, like he did on, you know, I talked about, you know, not seeing like all these like crazy special social media throws, but um, that touchdown to George Kittle was gritty, right? Like just pressure all around. You can't really step into your throw, get the ball out there as far as you can, and let your guy, you know, put him in position to make a play, and he did that. Pressure was a big issue, even on that play. So uh, hopefully they can kind of figure it out and come together. I don't know. Like you said, it just might be, you know, wait till the draft and and, and at the end of the first round you get a tackle. But uh, it is worrisome right now, to, to say the least. And, and you talk about needing to get a tackle, and uh, a lot of people think you need to get a cornerback too. So uh, that's when it starts to you know come down to you gotta pick your poison. Who's higher on your board? You want that corner that has just a more special ability, or you want that tackle? Yeah, big yeah. questions for the 49ers this offseason. Right, and, and that's why we've seen, you know, the 49ers lack of early picks in recent years. That's where it starts to uh, – that's where you start to see it. You have to trade at the deadline for multiple trades for for pass rushers, defensive ends. You, you have a, a needed offensive tackle, cornerbacks. Those are all things that are drafted very high in the NFL usually, and the 49ers haven't picked a lot in the first and second round recently or third round um, until, you know, towards pick 100. And the Niners are going to have three picks inside the top 100 this year. 
Um, 49ers defense, they only blitzed on 8% of Jaguars dropbacks in this game. They averaged 23% blitz rate, only 8% in this game, but still got pressure on 31% of those dropbacks, which is up from 26%. So, um, and obviously the pressure is what got to Trevor Lawrence. There was the fumble and strip sack. There was two interceptions and Lawrence was only one of six in those plays where he attempted to pass when he was under pressure by the 49ers. So, um, and Trevor Lawrence was in total pressured on 16 of his 36 dropbacks, uh, even though he was only blitzed three times. So getting pressure up front, Chase Young, early returns are good, uh, but everybody played better. I don't know. I don't think you can even point to just Chase Young. I just, energy was high. The pass rush was good. I think part of it is the other guys too. And, and I think that's the weakness of the, the Jaguars. Speaking of a lot of teams that need offensive linemen, they've got some problems up front as well. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster if you're getting pressured that much and you're getting pressured with only four, then you can do what you want to do with coverage in the back end as well. I think ideally that's how the 49ers want to play, you know, and that's a recipe for success. Being able to rush four and it feels like a blitz, like that's when you're at your best because now, again, the quarterback being pressured, moving him off of his spot, speeding up his time clock, making him throw before he truly wants to. Uh, that's when you start to see the errant passes or, you know, him rushing and then the kind of the ball's not in a great spot, goes off of somebody's hands, it ends up being an interception. We saw that on Sunday and start to feel like 49ers defense again. So I don't know if it's as simple as you add, Chase Young, and all of a sudden you're getting these great return already, and it's like, uh, do we need to start talking uh, contract negotiations with him <laughs> or a franchise tag? Or is it just as simple as, hey, everybody just beat up on a bad Jaguars offensive line, which, like you said, Wiggins said, was not good. So uh, do we pump the brakes on how well the D-line played and see, hey, can you do it again next week against Tampa? And then maybe you start to see some consistency there as opposed to what we saw through the first, you know, eight games of the season. Uh, one more note before we go on Brock Purdy that, that I didn't mention yet. And uh, this was put out from the 49ers official Twitter account is that congratulations to Brock Purdy. He joins Kurt Warner as the only other quarterback in NFL history to have three games with three plus touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 plus in their first two seasons. So Brock Purdy is is doing some pretty special things right now, and the 49ers uh, playing at a level that uh, they look like they were playing at the first five weeks. And Croc, when the 49ers are playing like they did on Sunday, uh, they're the best team in the NFL. They'll be extremely difficult to beat, and uh, if you are a betting person, jump on those odds right now while they might be slightly lower because, you know, you beat Tampa Bay, you go and you got to play uh, uh, Thursday night football against Seattle. You win that game. I think their odds start creeping up again. Yeah, don't. don't I, we might have to start talking about that uh, <laughs> that trap game again too. Because looking ahead to the short week to Thanksgiving to the Seattle Seahawks, you got one in between, and and we're gonna yeah, you got that Tampa Bay game. And Mike Evans looking good. Oh, hey, we keep talking about needing that down downfield receiver and that big body guy. He definitely doesn't feel like a Kyle Shanahan type receiver. But golly, like Mike Evans is still killing it. Like he is killing it right now for somebody that the Tampa Bay is like, yeah, we're, we're just going to kind of cut off contract negotiations with you. And essentially you'll be a free agent at the end of the year. It's like, yeah, let him be a free agent, please. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And we, of course, will be back tomorrow with the Winkstradamus right here. Lockdown 49ers.